Hello everyone and welcome to Heroin. I'm Katie Lee and I'm here with Anna and Katie Leone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, this week we're going to continue the saga that is Dragon Age Inquisitions and my playthrough of the entire Dragon Age series. We're hey. also, yeah, we're also going to talk about the PlayStation experience because Yay. Katie went to that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about video game award news. Because Yay. that is also a thing that totally just happened. <laughs> I'm yeah. a little bit less excited about that because I didn't get to actually watch it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, watched a little bit. A very I didn't tiny watch bit. any of it. And I said, fuck that. I'm going to play Game of Thrones and then read the news later. And I'm very oh my glad God, that was the thing game. that I did. That so we should actually great. start with that then because we're already talking about it. Yeah. What? Video Game Awards or Game of Thrones? Uh, video Game Awards. Okay, we can start with that. I heard from, like, everybody that was watching it was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but then I feel like every time there's a video game awards ceremony, that's, what that everyone that's says basically every time. what everyone says all yeah all the time. I mean, I literally watched probably, like, ten minutes because everyone was like, aren't you going to watch the video game awards? And I was like, uh, fuck no. I have Dragon Age Inquisition to play. Like, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> I the have awards. way better things to do. Than yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I was... you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, curiosity got the best of me, so I was like, I'll tune in for a little bit, see what's going on, how those video game wards are, and so I was trying to find a link, and a Polygon was just, like, updating as the awards were being presented or yep. got, like, going, so I was like, I don't even really need to watch this, but I found a link, and I clicked on it, and they were actually doing something really cool. They were honoring um, the peop- the husband and wife duo that founded Sierra Games. Oh, cool. And so they got their first, like, lifelong achievement, whatever the equivalent is in the video game world, um, award to that. And so it was this big story. Like, they had the little video about how they started Sierra and, you know, how they got so big and how they changed video games and how we experience video games. And it was just, it, that part was actually really good. And like when they were giving their thanks speech, it was like, Oh, this is really adorable. And I like got all choked up. Cause I was like, I love text adventure games. And you know, I've played some of the Sierra games too. So it was just like, it was like, Oh, I didn't even realize like this is part of our video game history and I had no idea and it's just and they're so adorable because it's a husband and wife team too. So it's just like how cool is this that like not only is it a husband and wife team, but like the chick did a lot of the writing for a lot of these games and I was like, yeah, you go girl, man. Like (laughs) you're awesome. And one of my favorite games from Sierra is called Phantasmagoria, which is this super old like uh, hor- survival horror game, but they have oh, wow. FMVs, so it's full motion video. So they have like f- actors basically sort of like put into the video game world, and like it's always terrible looking and it's always really weird, but <laughs> it's like my favorite Sierra game. And there was a couple clips from that in the video, and I was like, I know that game, that's my favorite game. <laughs> but yeah, so that part was really good, other than like, I don't think I watched an actual award, but I was. I heard I didn't miss much. Yeah, well, okay. So, because Katie didn't see it at all, so I will give you a brief overview. Tell me. I basically uh, just lived vicariously through everybody that I know on Twitter. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But then I looked it up and did a little bit of research. So, uh, I will say there's some. There's a few cool things. So, um, 
Let's see. Game of the year went to Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, I heard I that. You guys might be interested in. Yeah, I did see that. Um, some other interesting, um, interesting award categories. Studio of the year went to Naughty Dog. Um, really? Because they did The Last of Us. Um, that was this year. Well, it, it was it was last year, but they did a remastered. Yeah. But they didn't change anything story Well, they did DLC they? this year. Right. Oh. And that DLC oh, was a big right. deal because Ellie, you found out she was like a lesbian when she was younger. And it was a big deal because there aren't very many leading ladies in games, let alone like gay leading ladies um, mm-hmm. that have their stories preset, you know, and not just like your RPG characters. So that was kind of a big deal, which was cool. Um, let's see. Some of the other things that happened... Um, where is it? I know that I Valiant they, Hearts got a couple awards, and that was really yeah. exciting. As I was scrolling through the Polygon article, and I was like, "That's awesome!" Because I feel like that game didn't get enough press for what it was. Like, it was a, a brilliant game from um, uh, the Ubisoft branch out in France, and it was just a beautiful put together game and the storytelling was great and it was it was just like such a fantastic experience and i'm just upset that we didn't see more so i was really excited that they got some awards for valiant hearts because it was it made me cry on stream you guys and i don't yeah. do that normally <laughs> well they got they got an award for best narrative um, oh, which I think is understandable. Um, and that's a big deal because they were up against two Telltale games. So yeah. wow. that is really big. Um, they also won the Games for Change Award, which is a really cool new award category that hasn't existed prior to the Game Awards this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for like some comparison, um, some of the other Games for Change that were nominated were Last of Us, Left Behind, uh, DLC, Never Alone and Mountain, which is um, a double fine game that basically, I mean, it's it's kind of more like an experience rather than a game. Mm-hmm. So it's just honoring games that um, are different from the status quo. And so I think that, that was really, really cool that Valiant Hearts won that because, yeah, it is it is very different and it is it is sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was really exciting. So um, the awards, that was pretty much it. Um, Another small honorable mention, Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft was the winner of Best Mobile Handheld. And I felt kind of weird about that because I was like, Hearthstone was developed primarily to be a PC game. And just because it's an iPad doesn't mean that you can qualify it as a mobile and handheld game. So that kind of sucked because it it beat out um like Bravely Default, Monument Valley, um Super Smash Brothers for 3DS, which also I feel kind of iffy about being in the same category. Um, yeah. And then and then Threes, which we all know our friend was a composer on that game, yeah. and I was rooting for that. But um, I I don't know. It wasn't just because that. I was just kind of like, well, shouldn't you pick a game that's like exclusively mobile, not yeah. a game that was developed for PC and then ported to mobile? That feels really cheap to me. It does. Yeah. But uh, but the biggest uh, thing I think were the trailers. 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't see any of those. Oh, I was just going to say that the one thing that I thought was pretty cool that I did get to kind of, uh, I saw a video of the like acceptance speech was Trey Parker winning for like best performance. Yeah, over Kevin Spacey. Uh, over Kevin Spacey because he did like most of the voices in the in South, South Park. Park game. Which, right. Like, yeah. if, I mean, most people know like he does most of the voices in the show anyway. So like that's not a new thing, but. For him to beat Kevin Spacey, like this yeah, is hilarious. the only time that it's ever gonna happen, and he basically says that in his acceptance <laughs> speech. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, for those and of you I guys, love South Park and, and oh, I love ahead. Trey Parker, so I'm super happy that that happened. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you guys listening that don't like care about shooter games, which I don't, um, you might not know, but Kevin Spacey was in the newest Call of Duty. That's why right. he was nominated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest thing that most people were excited about were trailers. I did see, I was laughing. I did see some tweets online that was like, what's with all these like trailers and other stuff? Like, I just want to see the awards. And I wanted to be like, no one wants to see the awards. Like literally no one. That's why no one is watching the game awards right now. Everyone just wants to see the trailers and see if there's anything new. See, I am not, I'm the other way. Like, see, that's, that's my I've had this discussion before, but that's my issue with, like, video game awards. Is like, it's not an award show. Like, they're like, let's fit in all this other things. Like, if we want to be taken legitimately in the media, we need to have, like, a legitimate award show where that's all it is. And we focus and have, like, the Emmys or I don't even know the other equivalent. Like, I don't watch any award shows. But, like, I, it's, it's not. It's It's not just an award show it's like let's you know preview some shit and like have all these trailers and all this stuff but it if it was just dedicated to awards and like video game in that aspect like i think it would be so much better but it's always trying to be something that's not just well, an award show and i think that's its biggest problem so i 100 percent agree with you but the problem is it's never going to be that. And we all yeah. already expect the video game award show to be like this. Like for that to happen, I think there would have to be a new show with a new producer that isn't already set on doing the show the way it is. I'm ready for this challenge. Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. But <laughs> since I already knew what this show was going to be, which is generally terrible except for the previews, I was just ready for the previews. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, unfortunately, though, then I was, like, not excited about most of the previews. So, first of all, I already knew that there was not going to be a Mass Effect, like, 4, quote-unquote, uh, like, trailer or anything, unfortunately. But I was still hoping that, like, maybe EA would surprise us because I, like, you already know. I just am obsessed. I need it. <laughs> and I they've done yeah. a ton of announcements before at the um at the video game awards and so i half expected one this year and um they didn't and that was really disappointing because i Mm -hmm. feel like it's already like it's time bioware unless you're like incredibly behind on development schedule we should have at least seen like a very basic teaser teaser trailer by now i'm starting to get upset i know i shouldn't be but i'm just like come on like every time some new show comes around i'm like oh my god why is there no information I don't have a right to feel that way. Because they're writing and I Dragon that. Age. They're right. writing Dragon Age DLC? Okay. No, I mean, they're writing the Dragon Age train right now. Like, they're just focused. Well, they are. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but, it came out, and they like, probably are writing Dragon Age DLC, to be honest. That probably is also what they're working on. But yeah. still, like, give us a small teaser trailer, just a small one. I just want, like, a tiny little bit of information, and I would be so happy. But they didn't do that. And I remember, okay, so first of all, let's just start with EA. EA at the Video Game Awards was like, hey, we're going to do this really special thing. No one knows what it's going to be, but we're going to do it anyway. And everyone was like, ooh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Like, what is EA going to say at the, the Game Awards? You know what they announced? What? Battlefield Hardline Beta. Ooh. Like, fucking cool, EA. Like, really? Wasn't that a thing at E3, though? I don't know, but apparently Probably. that was like, their super sweet announcement at the Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there were was something it was like an alpha or a beta or something at e3 they're like oh it's live now like you can get into it now yeah so, pretty much i feel like i remember really that stupid. and uh it was basically yeah. the same thing so that was exciting always yeah. yeah uh something i am relatively excited about was tacoma i don't know if you guys saw the preview for that no nope. um i did not t- what the hell is it Tacoma is the next game from <laughs> Fulbright Studios, which is the company Ooh. that made Gone Home. They're in Portland, Oregon. Yes. And they're... I still that game, finished Gone Home. The game is amazing, by the way. If you're looking for a game with an awesome female protagonist and an awesome, interesting story, you should play Gone Home. It's really um, good. Basically, there's not a lot of information from the trailer, but you play as a lady protagonist exploring the Tacoma lunar base in first person. It looks beautiful. Uh, It says it's coming 2016, so it's really far away, but it looks really, really cool. And it was like less than 60 seconds for the trailer, but I was already stoked on it. So I'm excited about that. I'll have to check that out because there's actually a festival at OMSI going on on the Thursday night that's like celebrating in indie developers and indie companies in Are Oregon. you going? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it starts like when I'm at work, but I'm going to go after work. Sweet. It's like from 6 to 9, so it's like, oh crap, I don't get off work till 7, but I'm going to go straight after there. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be I'm just upset that like why does my work get out so late so I can't like go home and like get dressed and like <laughs> have to be a big to do. I just have to like go in my scrubs and be like, yeah, I do two things. So <laughs> two things. That's fine. Yeah. Just bring, just bring regular clothes and change in a bathroom. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I can do that, but I want to get all dolled up. I want to get all fancied. Just take it a break, like 20 clothes. minutes before you're off, like go to the bathroom to poop, but really do your makeup. They'll and be like, oh, wow, you look so different. <laughs> uh, so other than that, there were a few other trailers that I don't care about. And we'll get to those in a second. But Ryan and I were pretty excited to hear about Middle Gear Online. Which they're bringing back. Which is exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, there was a Middle Gear Online. And it ended in 2000 uh, um, shit I don't remember sometime in the 2000s and uh, it was it was beloved by the small community that it was in but it didn't really stick around and um, uh, okay so apparently so there's this clip from Metal Gear Online and it looks crazy 
just to list, I found this list of silly things that happen in this clip on Engadget. So just to credit mm-hmm. them. Uh, there's a stuffed dog that's used as a distraction. A pilotable bipedal mech slash turk turret that can kick enemies over and there are obviously all the ridiculous boxes that we've seen in previous trailers to hide Mm -hmm. under um i don't know i'm excited if they stick to the whole like you know first person shooter mechanic for um metal gear online i think it'll be interesting and fun and i'm really excited about it that's all i have to say totally yeah um, there were a few more trailers. There was Bloodborne, Hazelite. There was another trailer for No Man's Sky, which looks cool, but I'm starting to feel like No Man's Sky is like this really pretty game where we're not going to get to do anything. I'm probably still going to buy it and play it, but mm-hmm. like it is starting to feel like we're just going to like fly from place to place and not do anything, which is starting to get disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like actual like gameplay that we've seen. Or story or anything. Yeah. There's like nothing. It's just like, hey, these are all these pretty worlds. And at first I was really stoked about that. And then I realized that there's like no story and that's the thing that I really need in video games to like be happy about them. So I don't know. It might not really be a game for me like I thought it was. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um there were some trailers for Witcher. The order. Um, I think the biggest one, honestly, from the Game Awards was um, Zelda Wii U. I think. Yeah, I, everyone I, I never really watched it, about but that. I heard about it. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty. Um, apparently, it's coming out in 2015, which means it's going to beat Star Fox. Um, it it does look pretty, like it's beautiful art. Um. I don't know. I'm not a Zelda person. My husband is. He'll probably play it. I Zelda's too repetitive for me. It's like you go to a temple to get a key to get to another temple to get a key to get to another temple to get a key to get to another <laughs> temple to get a key and so on and so forth. And it just never but ends. And then once you get all the keys, you get to the final boss. Right. But <laughs> all the repetition between there is not something I can handle. So I won't be playing that, but my husband probably will. I'm the same way. Like, I've beat two Zelda games in my life, and none of them were Ocarina of Time. (laughs) So I don't have that, like, connection to Zelda like a lot of people do. Um, But, like, I know that both Amanda and John are super, super into Zelda, so they'll both play it, and I can just live vicariously through them and be like, oh, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool temple that you're running around in. Don't die. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, like... I don't know. I haven't played the newest one. I don't even know the names. of The last one I played was Twilight Princess because it was amazing. And then I haven't played the new one yet because I don't don't know. I just, with my whole like Rift and mine and Nintendo's relationship, I just felt like I couldn't do it, you know? And I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if they've won me back enough. Obviously, I don't have a Wii U, so I'm not, it's not, I don't think it's going to tempt me to get a Wii U. You know, maybe I'll probably buy it if I ever get a Wii U, but I really have no interest in getting one anytime soon. So we'll see. Yeah, I already have one. I've had my same one since launch. So for me now, it's like easy. I've had it for forever. But I, I mean, totally yeah. I forgot that you even had a Wii U. Right? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> 
Oh, well, because I only ever turn it on for first-party Nintendo games. So. Yeah. Oh, speaking John of Nintendo bunch, games. Like... Oh, go ahead. Go on. I was about <laughs> to say it. Uh, it's getting crazy. I dibs. Anna. Okay. So I was talking <laughs> to my friend Scamp today, and he was talking about how amazingly you described the Toad Treasure game. And he said that you described it so cutely that he went out and bought it. So <laughs> you should become a Nintendo spokesperson. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I haven't bought it yet because I'm waiting to see if I get like a GameStop gift card for Christmas. Because I can wait like another two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Katie, what were you going to say? I have no idea. Um, what was I gonna say Uh, oh uh, John like he plays his Wii like a whole bunch like he got Smash Brothers and he's done like Bayonetta 2 and all that stuff so like it's definitely it has a presence in our house like he has all these the stupid amiibos oh my gosh really yeah he bought he bought like most of them really and how many do you guys have right now um, I'm looking at like eight of them on my coffee table right now. Eight? Really? I, I don't understand them and I don't know. No, like, okay, so me and Amanda played Skylanders like a couple years ago when that came out and it was fun. Um, yeah, I but played then, it with like, you for like three hours. It was super yeah, yeah. fun. <laughs> it's really fun, but like, I don't know. We never finished the game and it kind of like lost its sparkle, I guess. Yeah. For me. And like, I just don't have any interest in collecting those little figures anymore and just what the fuck am I going to do with all of these? They're just sitting in a little box like down in the other living room. But Mm -hmm. John decided to buy all of the Amiibos for Smash Brothers. And I'm like, what are you actually going to do with those? Like once you (laughs) kind of lose interest in playing with them. So I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I will keep you guys updated on the Please do. situation. I will. Um, well, that's pretty much for the Game Awards. Uh, I guess let's talk about, because I feel like it's kind of closer in topic. Let's talk about PlayStation experience. So, Katie, tell us about all the awesome things you did, because you were the only Bitchy Malfa member that went. This is true. Um, yeah, so... I- I went to PlayStation Experience, um, and it was pretty cool. I meant to go to the whole keynote, um, which ended up running for like two and a half hours almost. So th- I thought that was weird, but I showed up like halfway through after they had announced a lot of the kind of big games that they were showing or whatever. Um, but I made it in time for a lot of the like Vita and indie announcements, which was really cool. There's a whole bunch of games coming to Vita, and I'm super excited about it because I'm like one of the only person people that I know that has a Vita and still like actively plays it. I want a um, Vita so bad, and I just need more excuses to to get it. I'm just been poor. You know what? There are there are so so many indies on the Vita. Like there might not be like huge, you know, triple A first party titles for the Vita, mm-hmm. but there's so indies that make it totally worth it totally Um, like i i spent um and like this is one that you can just get on playstation plus for it was free i think last month or something but 
I spent a lot of time just in line playing Binding of Isaac. Um, yeah. While I was to play games and stuff over the weekend. So, like, I definitely use it a whole lot. And I have, like, so many indies on there. I was playing playing through season one of The Walking Dead again, um, like, on my flight there. Um, but they're putting just a ton more. Like, Bastion is finally coming to PlayStation. Um, Yay! On PS4 Vita. And yeah. so I went and, like to Supergiant how excited I was about that they and were there people. weren't they yeah they were there, there were um, they so had, many people there were tons and tons of like indie developers there and that's honestly where I spent most of my time awesome. um like I I played Bastion which you know I've played a million times before but I played that and I talked to them um I what, what else did I play god adventures of pip which is really cute like you start out as just a little like square and as you go through the levels like it's a side scrolling like platformer um as you go through the levels you kind of like level up and get like higher definition so you turn into like 8-bit and 16-bit and stuff and you can do different things as each um each version of yourself i guess um that was really fun I think my favorite game that I played there, like completely honest, was Star Wall. Um, and Amanda has kind of like gushed about this game before, but it's you play as these like neon colored narwhals, like flopping around and trying to stab <laughs> each other in the heart. Um, and it's a really good, like, I think up to four player game, um, like competitive, obviously, um, in the same kind of vain as Nidhogg, like very, very silly, like um, fast paced kind of, I don't know, competitive game. It's super fun. Um, but I played that a whole bunch and like they were super excited that I was just coming back and coming back to play their game. And I was like, no, seriously, this is my favorite thing ever. Um, and yeah, they were super, super, super nice about just being there and everybody was so excited to be there. Um, gosh, what else? Like Octodad is coming to Vita. I'm pumped about that. I don't know how that's gonna work though with the weird controls. Um, what else? I played a ton of Little Big Planet Three, which is already out, but whatever. I still like it, and I made friends with like one of the Sony reps that was like helping with the Little Big Planet booth, and he was like this kind of older guy from Boston. And we like we just talked a whole bunch, and he's like, "Hey, come help me like beat this level so we can unlock the next character." And I was like, "All right," so we did. Um, and he was like, he asked me where I was from, and he was, I was like, "Oh, I flew in from Seattle." He's like, "Really? That's dedication." Like, um, they were giving out playing cards at each booth, uh, most of the booths anyway. That was kind of like this meta game. So you had to go and like play the games to collect them. And they were out at that time at the Little Big Planet booth. And he's like, come back in a little bit because I have to give you your cards because like you're so dedicated. You came in from Seattle. And I'm like, oh, okay. Aww. <laughs> like, he was super, super nice. And then um, yesterday I I told him I would like swing by again just to say hi or whatever. And so I did. And he like, he's like, I have something for you. And I was like, well, okay. And so he gave me this little like, just silver 
um, pin that's the PlayStation logo. And he's like, I've only gotten like one or two of these like in my career with, with Sony. And I wanted you to have this one because you're so dedicated. Like you came from Seattle, you have the PlayStation button tattoos on your knuckles. And I was like, that's so sweet. Oh my God. Um, so it was a really good experience. Like he was showing all of the other like Sony reps, like, come look at her knuckles. Like she did this. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Um, but it was, it was super fun. Like I got to meet a bunch of the IGN editors that do the, um, beyond podcast and they were all super nice. I went to the, the, so this was funny. I went to the telltale panel and I'm not usually a person who goes to panels, um, but I went to this Telltale panel. It's like then and now, like the past and future of Telltale or whatever. And that was really mm-hmm. cool just listening to them talk about the games that they make and like how they go about kind of crafting their versions of the worlds and the games. Um, and it was moderated by Greg Miller, who does the Beyond podcast. And I had met him earlier that day and I was like, took a picture with him and stuff. And I went up to him after this and I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to show you this because I feel like you would appreciate it. And I showed him my, my tattoos and he's like, no, those aren't real. I was like, no, they're, they're real. He's like, no. Like, yeah. He's like, what's your name again? I like, I, are you going to be at beyond tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And he's like, okay, what was your name again? Because I have to call you out. Like you have to come show like everybody that, um, is doing the panel on the podcast. You have to show Shuhei Yoshida, who's like the president of like Sony Worldwide, like super high up PlayStation guy. Um, no way. Like, that. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to show him that. And so I, I went the next day and they were doing their thing, like had people come up for Q&A stuff. Um, but he's like, wait, wait, wait a second. Where's Katie with the tattoos? And so I like stood up and like showed them and they're like, are you serious? Like, you got that? That's so cool. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys. I'm going to cry right now because I love you. Aww. Um, but nice. It was, like, a really, really good experience to just go to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I got to play lots of stuff and meet lots of cool people. Um, got some pretty neat swag. Um, yeah. It was I'm it so was sad. Fun. I'm so sad that I didn't get a go. Like, I, like just seeing everyone's tweets and all the articles, I was like, "Why am I not in Vegas right now?" <laughs> I know. I I really wish that I would have had somebody to come with me. Um, but going by myself wasn't like bad by any means. Just I'm so used to going to conventions and like having somebody there to talk to that right. I actually know. Um, but most of the people that I ran into and met were really cool. Like I met, you know, a couple groups of guys like in line waiting for stuff and they were like just nice and talking to me about different stuff. Um, and I actually ran into, um, a girl that I know from here that, um, she's, she and her husband are a, um, dev team and I think Amanda actually interviewed her her name is Michelle Silva and they mm-hmm. do they run SCA Studios um and so like I saw her you know at her booth and I was like hey I didn't know you guys were gonna be here and she's like oh yeah hey like small world um so I ended up like going to dinner with them on Saturday night and um just got to like 
you know, kind of hang out with them for a bit. So it was nice. And then I, you know, just met a whole bunch of really cool people that were very, like, friendly, which I was super excited about because it was so out of my, like, comfort zone just being there by myself. Right. That's yeah. cool, though. Was, That's what I love about conventions is that, like, you can totally be there by yourself or be wandering and, like, you can just... I mean, everybody's there for the same reason, so you can have a conversation with just about anybody and meet someone cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. Um, I don't know if they'll... I don't know if they're doing it again next year, but... Um, I hope hopefully so. Hopefully they do, because, like, they just had a lot of really cool things going on. Some of the announcements are really funny, too, like their Final Fantasy VII troll... <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, don't even no, no, that was not <laughs> funny at all. That was horrible. I laughed so hard because That's... like you guys know I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy Seven. So like they're like, oh, big screen at the keynote, and I just like kind of shake my head and then it shows like the PC port. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Oh and people were silent. Like angrily yep. silent. <laughs> I uh, I did the same thing when I, someone was like Final Fantasy 7 for PS4 and I was like holy shit is this it is this the moment I've been waiting for since I was goddamn 15 like it's gonna happen it's gonna be the one and then I was like PC port I was like fuck everybody <laughs> it is the moment you were waiting for unfortunately no I think yeah. No, yep. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> excited about this. I no, I don't think anyone happen. is, but I don't know if I they're gonna yeah. make a better version. I don't want I a better version. I just want one with updated so. graphics so I can see every strand of Sephiroth's hair as he comes down and kills Ares. <laughs> That's all I want, oh, I and and I want real life like blood, and I just oh, it would be amazing. I mean, I'm gonna dream about it, but. <laughs> Yeah, the biggest troll ever. Dreaming. I'm going to. You can't. You can't know, stop my I dreams. I'm sorry. Know. I just think it's funny. Yeah, I'm also not a Final Fantasy VII fan, and I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy games, but I'm not. I think Final Fantasy VII's overrated. We won't get into that. Yeah, that'll be another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uncharted trailer looked really cool though. Like um uh, trailer slash like gameplay video. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And Wait, what one? Uncharted. Oh, Uncharted. Uh yeah. I saw a funny tweet today that was like, Hey, Drake's chest hair is gonna flow in the wind. Uh apparently. <laughs> so Bioware, you that. know what to do. And it was a picture of Varric. Yep. <laughs> yep. I saw that too. I giggled. Giggled hard. I did too. It's pretty funny. I think I was on the plane, like I just landed or was like ready to take off or something. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Varric, I gotta tell you guys all about my little champion. That was a good segue. Yeah, Yeah, okay. That's a great segue. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks. (laughs) I didn't even plan it. So, uh, uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you might have seen that recently I've been tweeting a lot of hashtag romance varic tweets um so for those of you guys who have not been following the saga i've been playing through the dragon age games um i am a much larger fan of mass effect which still remains 
to be the truth. Um, but I have been enjoying some of my playthrough. I beat Dragon Age Origins on Thursday? Last Thursday. And I was like, cool. I'm done. That was cool. Alistair died. Um, what now? So... I started Dragon Age 2 because I got it on sale on the, like, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever, sale on Origins. So, on Origin, I mean. So, I bought it, and I've been playing it, and I like it a lot better than Dragon Age Origins. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I am probably in the minority. A lot of people didn't like it, but I think the combat is a million times better. I've been enjoying having a character that actually speaks... I think yeah. it's, I think it's, yeah. it feels a lot more like Mass Effect and I'm having more fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I don't like the characters as much. I was really disappointed by my romance options, which is going to lead me into my segue here in a minute. Um, I'm currently romancing Anders, although he was like my, like, uh, I guess this is like my least terrible choice for me personally out of all the characters that I could possibly romance. Mm-hmm. Um... But I was really upset when I found out I couldn't romance Varric. And Varric is the, like, dwarf storyteller of Dragon Age 2. And he is not that attractive because he's a dwarf. But he's (laughs) hilarious. And, like, probably the most honest character with Hawk in the game. And um, he's just... I don't know. He's just like funny and real and like almost feels like more of a real person than anyone else in the game to me. Um, and was written, I think one of the best. And then unfortunately you can't romance him, which my theory is because he's a dwarf and Bioware was like, how do we make a dwarf romance not seem like a joke? But right. it's like, I feel like with Varric, it could have been a joke because he's Varric and that's like, he's like all about jokes and I just think that it could have been good. And they didn't do it. And apparently they didn't do it in Inquisitions either. And so, no. overall, I'm just really upset about it. So I've started this Twitter campaign. That's hashtag <laughs> I wish you Varric. had played Dragon Age 2 when it came out. Because there were so many people. I mean, there still are so many people that feel the same way you do about Varric. Like, I love Varric. But he's like, he's like Hawks bro. You know, like, he's... I go to Varric for, like, relationship problems with Fenris. I'm like, I don't know how to deal with his emo-ness right now. Varric, totally help me get out. That. So I feel like some people emo. could have felt that way about Garrus, too, though. Like, No, no, it's totally true. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, your bro that becomes your romance, right? Yeah. Like, like I could totally, I totally could see the Varric romance and would be happy, happy for that to be an option, but... Bioware has not listened but to the many fans of the me. chest hair. <laughs> Apparently there's a very chest hair shield in Inquisitions. Oh my god. Um, I, I need it. I don't even have the game yet, but I need it. <laughs> and I'm just going to be happy. And if I can't romance him, I'm just going to wear his chest hair as a shield. And that's basically how that's going to work. That's totally. So. You, I mean, you will love Varric in inquisition too because now that they've added a whole bunch more lines just of random dialogue like while you're adventuring like some of the shit he says is so great it's perfect (laughs) the banter with like just the other companions in general is so good yeah it's really good (sighs) yeah i think i'm so i play i've been playing as a rogue for the first two games um which 
I will say is really annoying in Dragon Age 2 because it's like every fucking character that I get is like a rogue. Like <laughs> an hour into the game, I had like six rogues and like no other characters. That's an exaggeration, but that's what it felt like when I was like right. making my party. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, like really? Like I had, I had Aveline, who was my only warrior, and I had Anders, and then I had like... Bethany, who was the mage, the other mage, right? But hmm. then every mm-hmm. other character, I had like Varric, I had Isabella, I had like I had, and then me, and like one other, I can't even remember. Oh, and then I bought the DLC with Felicia Day's character, and she was a rogue too. And I was like, seriously, like <laughs> everyone is just a rogue. Everyone's a rogue. Like, give me something else. I don't need a party full of rogues. Like, help me out is here. Fenris, a warrior. Yeah. He is. So I finally got him. But the problem is, you know how, like, all of your characters are, like, fucking bitchy, depending on what you do in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you put Aveline in your party and you want to do something, like, roguelike. She's like, I'm a member of the guard. You're being a cunt. I don't want anything to do with this. (laughs) Like, I have to arrest you now. Yeah. And then you put, like, you put Fenris in your party and you, like, go accidentally get into a mage quest and you just accept the quest. And he's like, Ugh, this is the worst thing ever. I hate mages. And it's, yeah. like, negative 10 Fenris. And I'm like, are you shitting me? All I did was accept the quest. And it's just, <laughs> like, I can't even handle this. I really, like, if Inquisition is the same way, I'm going to be really frustrated. I'll deal with it. But I'm going to be frustrated. It's, like, I'm so happy that Mass Effect didn't do the same thing. It's uh, it's it's, it's less like that. Like, I yeah. I feel like in Inquisition, like there are definitely stuff that like people disagree with you on certain things that you say and do, but it's it doesn't feel as like oh my god, I've just ruined my friendship with this person. It's like like they have they have a, approval. They disapprove and then they slightly approve and slightly disapprove. So it's like, well, someone can slightly disapprove with what I say. And I'm that's fine with me. Like, if Solus is like, I slightly disapprove of what you said, I'm like, that's fine. We can talk about it later. Like, this is a fixable problem. But if it's like, disapproves, I'm like, I got to redo that. Like, I did not want that. So there are some things that I feel like it makes it. And there's so many more things to do and to say that... I feel like even if you like mess something up or you say what you truly wanted to say and maybe like your favorite person disagrees with you that it's not still detrimental because of all these other things that you've had approval with. So in that regard, I feel like it's it's better because it doesn't feel so serious that you have to have everybody agree about the same things all the time. That's good because like... It's a pretty serious complaint of mine with Dragon Age 2 and probably my only major complaint. Like, I went into the Fade and, or I was, yeah, I went into the Fade and, um, well, first I accepted the quest for the Fade and I accidentally had, uh, um, uh, what, which character? I had some character in my party and they were like, oh, fuck you. And it was like negative five or whatever. And I was like, God damn it. But I'm not reloading. <laughs> Fuck you for not believing in me and my decisions. So <laughs> I then went to do the quest. And as soon as I get in, I had brought Anders because I bring Anders with me everywhere. Not because I'm romancing him in the game, but because he's my only healer. 
Yeah. So he's beneficial, right? So I bring him with me and he's like justice in the fate, right? You know? And yeah. I looked at him and I chose the justice, I presume, option because obviously he looks like justice, right? And it's right. like the bad decision. And literally all my character says was justice, I presume. And then he literally says, yes, I am justice. Anders must have told you about me or whatever. And then as soon as that dialogue is over and it was literally that neutral, I got like negative five Anders. And I was like, what the fuck? So I reloaded it and I chose the other option, which was like, Anders, are you okay? And that's the only difference in the whole conversation. All I said was, Anders, are you okay? Versus Justice, I presume. Justice said the exact same thing. And I got plus five. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, there should be no difference between those two dialogue options right now. <laughs> so, needless to say, that's my rant. I am pretty happy with Dragon Age 2. But some of those dialogue options seem needlessly, like spiteful i guess i blame anders for that one but <laughs> well let me tell you i have not had much more luck with fenris or aveline they're both like the most bipolar people in my entire group and i'm like great you're like my only two tanks and you had to be like the my most bipolar assholes and i'm trying to stick in my group right now i have to like constantly think okay i'm going to go do this quest i better stick this person in my group so they don't hate me but then i have to go back to my house to like swap out with the other one to go do this quest Ugh, it's too exhausting i can't it deal is. with making these people happy <laughs> it is normally i had Aveline and Fenris in my group both at the same time and they got along pretty well and I did too because I was like fuck the mages <laughs> yeah I, I just who I had in my party most of the time I want to say I had like Anders and Varric and probably Aveline because I didn't want to put Anders and Fenris together because they hated each other oh my gosh but sometimes I put them together just they to hear the funny fight. dialogue yeah and yeah, it's pretty hilarious true. And it's hilarious, like, they'll always talk about, like, like one time one of them was talking about, like, sewing the other person's mouth shut. And then, uh -huh. like, oh, I don't even remember. They're just so hilarious back and forth. I've never gotten, like, negative points, like, for having them both in the same group at the same time. So yeah. now I've just started to put them with each other forcefully because it's really fucking funny how much it they is. hate each other. It is. For, for a long while when I didn't hate Anders. I had Anders and Fenris in the same because I was romancing both of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think, no, I was doing that too. And then I had to pick and I was sad because I couldn't just have both of them. Oh, well, I, I just can't <laughs> wait till Katie, you finish it so I can talk to you about my experiences in Dragon Age 2. I just have a feeling that I'm going to be less mad at Anders than you because I hate mages a lot less than you do because I play a mage in almost everything. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, I, I will give a little disclaimer. I'm not put passing any judgment on Fenris yet, but he does seem like a whiny little bitch so far in my game. And I've made my efforts to like go out of my way and talk to him because you love him so much. And I was like, oh, he must not be terrible because Anna likes him. And every time I go talk to him, 
he's just like complaining about everything ever. And I'm like, look, I know you've had a shitty life, but so has everyone else in my group. And they don't whine and complain every five seconds like you do. Yeah, but he just needs he just needs a good hug and a good make out. And well, the problem is voice. he looks too much like an anime character from 1995. So I don't really want to touch him. I don't. <laughs> I have a problem with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Like I said, more, more elf boys for me and I'm okay with that. I love elves. <laughs> well, we'll find out. I'm only uh, I only just passed Act One, so I've got a long ways to go. So we'll continue this saga next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if uh, I I know Anna's played a lot more Inquisition, if there's anything oh my god, like what, to talk about. Let's see. I'm on like hour sixty seven now, and <laughs> I've like done nothing. Like you guys, it's a problem. <laughs> like we were talking a couple weeks ago, and like we all agreed that we're mostly the kind of people that likes to do the side quests first mm-hmm. rather than the story. It's, it's yep. become awful. Like I literally have not, I've barely done any story. Like I still feel like I just got to Skyhold, and I've done like 40 hours of side questing. So like my current I thing mean, is, is all, go ahead. I was just saying judged on what you told me. I'm pretty sure that that's exactly right. Like you aren't very far. <laughs> No, no, I'm really not. Like, I'll do one story quest, and I'll be like, okay, okay. I'll do some side questing, and then it's like 20 hours later, I was like, I should probably do another story quest, and then I'll go do a story quest, and then 20 hours later, I'll go back and do another one. But it's it's really, it's a problem, you guys. I just can't stop side questing. It's awful. But that's okay, because... I'm also doing, because, you know, every Bioware game has their little, like, loyalty mission. So, you know, your main characters are going to ask you to go do a specialized quest that's for them, right? So I've been working on those, Mm -hmm. too, because they're in the different side questing areas. So I've been doing that kind of stuff, and I finally got Solus to kiss me again. We're not in a real relationship, but we got farther. So I was really super excited about that. That (laughs) happened, like, two days ago. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do more story because I need this I need this romance. I've played for 67 hours and I've got two kisses and that's not enough. And everyone else that I hear about their romances is they're like locked in a romance with that character and they're always like, oh yeah, I can go talk to Cassandra or Josephine or Cullen anytime and just go make out with them whenever I want. And I was like, what? Like, when do I get that? Like, this is unfair. Like, this is... This is completely the most difficult romance because I'm trying so hard just not to go flirt with everybody. I'm just waiting on Solus to make up his mind about when we want to be in a relationship and I'm not taking it very well. I'm being a bad, patient person. So (laughs) I'll just take all my frustrations out on the side quest and kill a whole bunch of poor, helpless animals out there. But I'm getting to the point. Oh my gosh, all the nugs. Every single nud. Nud. I can't speak Um, I'm starting to get to that point though where I don't know how much more side questing I can do like I've done so much that if I have to collect another shard I'm literally just going to scream because they're everywhere and it's like they are so I have to to, to just mention something because you mentioned side quests and as I've been playing Dragon Age 2 I'm like sitting here and I'm like they literally have almost exactly copied quests 
from Mass Effect to Dragon Age. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I depending on the order you played in, but I still feel like it should have been noticeable. Like I didn't notice it. Tell me. Okay, wait. What's what's Felicia Day's character's name in Dragon Age Two? Tal Talis. Yeah, is that her name? Okay. I hated her, so I don't Well, know. did you play her quest? Yes. Okay, so I was like, hmm, this is almost literally the Kasumi quest. And then, really? yeah, I mean, you're just like being a roguelike character who's trying to break into someone else's fancy fucking party to steal something. You know, I don't care yeah. because that is like <laughs> the greatest plot element ever. If I get to wear a fancy dress and break into someone's fancy ass ball, I'm, I'm all yeah, about that. Yeah, but I that. didn't. I wore like a really ugly tunic and pink pants. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's remember. what my character wore <laughs> I remember I that DLC that, so. oh man I don't know I remember <laughs> being so upset that I was like we're going to a ball and I'm not even wearing a dress I know <laughs> and then and then like I have Anders in my party right regularly again because he's like my healer and he'll be like my magic will tear you apart and I'm like oh that's like Jack first <laughs> of all and then it's also like Jaina in Hearthstone she just reminds me like she'll so like Jack says what she says something like I Jack doesn't say my magic but she says something like I will tear you apart or something like that right yeah Mm -hmm. something like yeah so then in um what is it in Hearthstone Jaina Proudmore her like character when she loads in and like you're about to fight she says like she literally says like my magic will Actually, I think she literally says, my magic will tear you apart. And so, like, all I can hear is, like, Jack and Jaina Proudmore in my head every time I have a fight. Because Anders literally says that every time we're fighting. And I've also noticed, like, so many more connections in the stories. And I'm starting to wonder if they regularly reuse things in these games. Well, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I it hasn't like it's not an it, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Like if they reused some story elements because obviously like both those DLCs were hits and a lot of people really enjoyed playing them. So I mean, and I got I got to think like that makes perfect sense to me. If like for the people that only like to play Mass Effect and or the people that only play Dragon Age like then they each get their experience of going to the fancy ball to steal the priceless artifact. Like, cause not everybody is going to play. I mean, a lot of people are like us when we play both series, but some people don't. So it's pretty cool that they get to do the same thing. And I also think it's cool that like, yeah, as much as I love sci-fi, like I've said before, fantasy is like, it's, it's my jam. So like the fact that I get to do it in a fantasy setting is even cooler so I'm not uh, I'm not worried about stuff like that. And with the whole like the magic my magic's going to tear you apart like let me tell you as in writing the dialogue for Raise the Dead like thinking of like attack moves or things people say in like a battle is yeah, really sure. <laughs> it's really difficult cuz like all I can think oh. of is like things or like horrible puns that people have probably already used, you know, like Totally. Like, I don't but know. I guess I what know. I have to say is that when it's, when you're copying your, a game where a lot of people worked for both games and wrote for both games, it starts to become really obvious. And also, yeah. 
like, this could totally be my own fault, but I'm obviously going to compare the two. And when I'm sitting here playing this quest, I'm like, oh, this DLC is kind of cool. And, like, it's Felicia Day, and that's cool. But, like, Kasumi's version came after, and you could tell that they, like, learned from all their mistakes with this quest, and Kasumi's mission was way better. Like, that's all I can think of when I, like... So it's, I mean, it's, like, un almost unfortunate that I didn't play these games as they came out and I'm playing them later because now all I can do is compare it to these other games that the same company made and, like, wow, they really learned from their lesson. Like, that's all I can see playing yeah. it now so much later, which is unfortunate because, honestly, I actually think Dragon Age 2 is really good. I know a lot of people had complaints, but so far I'm having a lot of fun with it. But there are some times where I sit there and I'm just, like oh, like, this could have been better, and they did it better later. And yeah. it is it is noticeable going back and playing it for the first time now. Mm -hmm. I like of course, I guess too. that means maybe Mass Effect copied Dragon Age, and that's fine, too, but I just, you know, whoever, like, it's noticeable when one of the two does it better. There have been times when Dragon Age does things better than Mass Effect 2, I will say, but... Like Elf Boys, but Garrus... Well, there are no elf boys. I, I'm just so torn. Like, I just like Solus. I'm sorry. I'm gonna rant about my fictional boyfriend again because I just he's just up there with Garrus, and I'm having like an emotional conflict because I always was like, yeah, as much as I love Zebron or you know Fenris, like Garrus is my he's gonna be forever my Bioware boyfriend, and Solus is he's, he's taking over, and well, I'm, I'm scared. For me, Garrus, I think, like, will always kind of be, like, that character in any video game for me. Just because, like, he was there in every Mass Effect game. Like, right. you know, like, Solus was he's only in Inquisition. He wasn't in the other two. Like, he, mm, yeah. maybe he's amazingly well-written. But, like, for me personally, it, I just think, like, having Garrus in all those games, even when I didn't romance him, and just having him be, like, my bro. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that character just as a person that, like, mm -hmm. no one can replace for me in any video game. Aww. I know. Aww. He means so much to me. <laughs> he means so much. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition hasn't gotten old yet. Still playing it. I've decided I know when I'm going to play um, the Game of Thrones Telltale game and Borderlands. It's over Christmas break because I have to house it at my haunted house that I grew up in. And I can't bring my PC because that's too much work, obviously. I can't unhook everything and put it in yeah. the car and re-hook it up in three days' time. Like, that's asking way too much. So I was like, I'll just bring my PlayStation 4. And that's when I'm going to play it. But you said you played the Telltale game? I've beaten them all, and I already wrote a view, which will be up a day before this is released. Oh, so, man. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I guess I can give you guys, like, a spoiler-free overview of my opinion of both real quick. Do um, it. So, my opinion of the... Let's start with Tales of Borderlands. Yeah. Um, I love the story. I think the characters were great. I think Reese is, like, kind of like Jack, which I think makes sense because he's from Hyperion. But you can tell he doesn't want to be like Jack, but kind mm -hmm. of is, I guess, just because mm -hmm. of the culture of his company that he's in. Um, I think that Fiona is really smart and she's kind hearted despite being a con artist, but is really like interesting and funny. I think side characters are really well written. I think Vaughn, 
who is the like nerdy guy that interacts with Reese is hilarious um, in his interactions with Reese. I think Sasha is really boring in her interactions with Fiona, unfortunately, but yeah. she shines when she interacts with Reese during that one sequence. Katie, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I think that the unfortunate thing is that this game is probably not going to see very many sales because I think that this game will not appeal to anyone who has not at least played Borderlands 2. This is see, not I like disagree. Um, I like I read a review from IGN, I believe that like the guy that played it and reviewed it was not a fan of Borderlands um, just in general, but he played through this and was like, even if you aren't a fan of this, like definitely play it because it's like it's not that you know shoot them up. There's a million guns, you know. Well, the gameplay is thing. different, but you well, yeah, need yeah, to know yeah. the, you need to know the story. If you don't know the story, I honestly do not think that this will appeal to you. Unfortunately, I mean, maybe I don't know. I I'm gonna like recommend it to anybody, even if they haven't played it. Like if they want like story heavy you know story driven games like definitely play it because even if you don't know all of the borderlands like lore and everything you can still get into it because it's still a fun story well it is it is fun i will respectfully disagree because i think that it's very heavy and dependent on knowledge that exists in previous games and i also think that um it's not the same way that other Telltale games are. Like, Walking Dead, you don't need to be a fan of Walking Dead because the story is literally just about zombies. And zombies is so like zombies are so ingrained in our culture, we already know mm-hmm. everything there is to know about them. And same with same with Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us is yeah, it's based on Fables comic book series, but if you just know the basics of like Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast or like these stories that have been again a part of our culture for so long, you can understand the basics enough to know it. If you don't know the events from Borderlands 2, you are going to be lost. If you've never played a Borderlands game, you're not going to understand the difference between Pandora and Helios. You're not going to understand the significance that Hyperion has. You're not... I mean, there's so many things that you won't understand. I'm not saying that it would be completely unenjoyable, but I think that if you've never played a Borderlands game, you're going to be lost, and I would definitely recommend playing, like, Borderlands 2 before playing this game. All right. Just personally. Yeah. Like, playing through it, That's that was the impression that I got. Like, I loved it. I loved it. If you are a Borderlands fan and you don't play this game, you're an idiot. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not a Borderlands fan or you haven't played the games, like, eh, toss-up. It's a little bit risky, I think, for Telltale. Alright. Um, game of Thrones. Katie, have you played that yet? Nope. I have not had time. Okay. Well, I will, again, be spoiler-free. Um, Yay. Game of Thrones is great. The story is great. If you have caught up on season three, like you're going to feel more attached to House Forrester than you do to almost any character in the TV show. That's a big statement there. I'm not the only one I've noticed that has said that on Twitter. Um, But I will say the graphics, I'm a little upset. Um, I am happy that they didn't choose to do cartoony graphics because that absolutely would not fit with game of thrones right like right yeah totally wouldn't fit but they went with this beautiful oil painting style right and like the backgrounds are gorgeous and like they had potential to make it so beautiful but they didn't the animation is not smooth 
Um, and maybe the animation has always not been smooth in Telltale games and it was just hidden by the cartoon game style, or maybe it wasn't, and maybe this is an issue with a specific game, but it's obvious. And I have like a really good computer it was, that was running this at like a high FPS and the animation still was not smooth. And it was like, I almost started to wonder why they released it so soon. Cause remember how we were talking about last podcast, we were like, Oh, they didn't talk about anything for like a year. And then suddenly yeah. it was like, hey, here's this teaser trailer. Hey, here's this information. Here's the launch trailer. Here's the game within the span of like two weeks. How they right. basically just pooped it out for us. Right. Like yeah. I really, after playing it, I was kind of like, well, maybe they should have waited and spent more time on the graphics because I felt like they were way too ambitious for the level of graphics that they were doing. A lot of people said they looked like updated PS2 graphics, and I do disagree with that. They look significantly better than that. But you can tell that they were aiming for something and didn't hit the mark. And it kind of takes you out of it sometimes in combination with the bad animations. And granted, this was on PC. I don't know if it has the same issue on any other console. But on PC, it's noticeable. Yeah. I just, I don't understand, like... That's one thing that I'll never understand about, like, bigger companies, right? It's, like, like bigger companies have the, not, not experience, but, like, they have the choice where they can make a game and be, like, when do we want to release this? And if it's not finished or, like, there's still a lot of issues, they can definitely push it back because people are still going to buy it, you know? Like, right. like. Yeah. Like, and people would I, still buy this. It's Game of Fucking Thrones. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> if they spent another, like, two weeks or a month polishing it, like, and plus, we knew nothing about, like, Game of Thrones at all. We just knew that Telltale was working on it, and then all of a sudden, like, they could have pushed it back another month if totally. they were having all these issues, and no one would have ever, like, given a care because no one knew anything about it. But, like, games like that and then, like, Assassin's Creed Unity, like, you can push it back, like... I, I just don't understand. Like, people are going to buy your game and you're going to sell millions of copies. So why not spend the extra effort and push it back if you really need more time? Like, those kind of companies can afford to do that. You know, they have the time, they have the resources, they have the manpower to do it. I just don't understand why they don't. And then they release a game that's less than to their expectations, you know? Yeah. But the story is good. You get to see all of your, like, favorite and not-so-favorite, like, House Lannister characters. Um, Jamie. Oh, God. I love Jamie so much. Jamie's not in there yet. It's okay. Uh, this is pretty spoiler-free, but Cersei and Tyrion are the characters that you get to see. Oh, they were in the, they yeah. were in the yeah. preview, so. And, and Marjorie. Um, so the characters that you play as are um, Mira, who is a handmaiden to Marjorie. You play as Ethan who is the heir to House uh, Forrester, and you play as Jared... Uh, I can't remember his name. He's a squire to the Lord of House Forrester. And those are the three characters that you play as in the first episode. There will be two others, apparently, that you play as later. Um, so it's, it is fun. Um, I guess, overall, my opinion of that game is that, like... It's, it doesn't seem like it will be influential on the TV series at all. So, like, if you are a Telltale fan and a Game of Thrones fan, like, you can probably get past the graphics and you should probably play it. But 
if you are not like a video game fan and you're like thinking about playing it just because it's Game of Thrones, I'd say you could probably pass. Like it's good, but it if you're playing it just to be like to have all the information about the TV show that you can, like it's it's not that good, if that makes sense. And a lot of the twists that I encountered in my personal storyline felt obvious, unfortunately. Like I was still sad about them, but like I could see them coming. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean there are different endings, so I can't speak to every ending. I've only played through this once. But um my personal ending for this first episode that I got was like, oh, I can see that happening. Also, Anna, you said you're yes. not caught up on the TV show? Uh, okay. I'm not, but I think I'm, well, I'm you're in the middle of the books. Book, but... I'm not really. I'm in the middle of book four. Okay, well, I will say that a very, very important character in this first episode, like way more important than I originally thought, is only in the TV show. So... If you plan on watching the TV show, it might spoil some things. Or if you aren't planning on watching the TV show, you might just generally be confused. I'll probably just generally be confused because for me, like, (laughs) the book is everything. Like, I'm a book purist, first of all. So, like, if they add a character that's not in the book or they, like, do that and it's it's not, like... It's probably canon, but it's, like... If they weren't in the book and then I don't really give a care, like... Well, he, he is in the book, but they don't develop him, and they did a departure. For those of you guys listening and you've watched the TV show, this isn't really a spoiler, but um, Ramsey Snow is very, very, very important in episode one, um, and he is not really touched on in the books at all, at least halfway through book four, which is where I'm at, and after the events in this game. So even if he is touched on later... Like, yeah, I haven't even encountered him in the book yet, so... Yeah, he's um he's Bolton's bastard. So I need, like... I always, Whenever I'm, like, reading Game of Thrones, I need, like, a family, like, tree chart. God, I know. has the guides in the back, but I'm like, yeah. always, like wait a second. I need something one? visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need something to connect the dots. Bolton is the guy... You remember in the in the books the people that take over um Heron Hall when Arya say, is the there dude, yeah he's the dude from Heron Hall okay okay yeah, yeah Lord Bolton is the guy that takes that over and his yeah. bastard son is the guy that um is in is a main character in this episode okay. of okay. the game so, I mean, it's not necessary, but, like, if you were watching the TV show, let's say, and you weren't fully caught up, like, I would recommend getting caught up just so you know about the character. But, like, if you're only reading the books, it's, I mean, it's probably fine if you yeah. didn't plan on watching the TV show. You just might be a little confused. I'll be a little confused and be okay with it. Yeah. Although the TV show is good. You should watch it. I mean, I watch it, but I was told that I can't watch any more of the TV show until I finish all the books because of the weird like timeline issues that the show has. So they sort of could potentially spoil things just based on the different timelines that the book and the TV show is going through. Where you are at, you could watch the entire TV show and you wouldn't spoil anything. Really? Because I'm past you and I have read everything that has happened in the TV show so far. It is true. Like, season one is book one, but then after that, they start to get convoluted. Yeah. But I'm halfway through book book four, and I've read everything that happens by the end of season four now. I want to know what part you're at, because I'm like, I literally just got to page 600 today. 
I don't know. I'm not reading a physical book. I I uh, I bought like the series when it was on sale, on like the iBook store or something. So it's on my iPad. So right. books page six hundred for me is probably like page four hundred or something for you. So I don't I don't know. I don't have my iPad next to me. But anyway, now you guys know. Those are my thoughts. Everyone might disagree. Apparently, reviewers disagree with me on Tales of Borderlands, and that's fine. That was just my personal impression. Well, I'll let you know my impression after Christmas. Well, all right, then. Mm-hmm. I am excited for the, the next chapters. Like, I, I'm super excited to see what happens later. Oh, and, and Game of Thrones is downloading right now. <laughs> I will say the graphics in Tales of Borderlands, like it's obvious that they work together well because Borderlands has a very similar graphic style to all of the Telltale games. But like the graphics just feel so polished in Tales from Borderlands. Yeah, I remember yeah. playing the the demo at PAX and was like, this is beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. It looks really good. And yeah. then you compare it. I played it like I played the Game of Thrones game like a week after and I was like, eh. Eh. like it's it's really unfortunate i really feel like they just kind of pooped out game of thrones to try and be relevant for the upcoming season and the thing is the game takes place a season before the upcoming season so like they should have just should just waited they should have just pushed it back a month or two and like made it good i don't know christmas sales i know but people would have bought it later anyway i know i'm saying that's all you were saying earlier. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, um, do you guys have anything else for the evening? I don't think so. Pack South is coming soon, and I'm so excited. I bought my yeah. plane tickets today. Yeah, and I have a panel. Yeah, yeah, you got accepted. Tell everybody about what time it is so they can go. Yeah, so Friday at 7.30 p.m. in the Armadillo Theater, tentative, check the schedule in case something changes. I'm going to be doing a panel with a bunch of other cool girls, including uh, Danny Danger from Weird Girls and also Anna's other podcast friend, Melissa, mm-hmm. um, and a, a few other girls. We're going to be doing a panel for Women in Geek Media. So... Yeah, if you want to come here about how awesome women in geek media are, and how we support each other and that kind of thing, you should come to our panel. Totally, we'll be there, front yeah. row. Yeah. And if you guys aren't going to Pack South, we're definitely going to record it and post it. So, mm-hmm. yep, you can see. It and later. if you are going to Pack South, you should let us know so we can all hang out and you can. Buy yeah. Us- and and we can give you swag because I'm planning on getting some sort of swag before we Super head down swag. there. Swag, 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 yo. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's pretty much all the news I have. Um, anything else? Anything else? No, I I need uh, to get back to Dragon Age Inquisition for yeah that. Um, speaking of that though, I did finally get to bang colon. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Do you have that saved? Can I watch that? Um, I don't know. I'll find out. Because I know it, like, um, I think it, like, broadcasts or, like, auto does something on PS4. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Because every time I, like, sign into the, uh, like, Dragon Age servers or whatever the hell it is, it's like recording has paused because of a sensitive screen or whatever. 
<laughs> oh my gosh okay that's hilarious I'm gonna do do something with that yeah um i'll find out though yeah good that's my only other exciting thing <laughs> well congratulations <laughs> on your Thanks. virtual sexual conquest Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> uh all right well that's pretty much it for this evening uh thanks everyone for listening don't forget that you can find us. We are on iTunes, BTA Podcasts. We are actually now, all of these episodes are now in SoundCloud under BTA Podcasts as well. Um, don't forget, you guys can donate to our Patreon if you like us and you want us to keep doing more cool stuff and like make some super sweet swag and produce like more awesome new episodes with better equipment and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, there's some cool reward levels. You can donate on a monthly basis. Look for BTA podcasts on Patreon. And also, we've been pretty active on Twitter lately, so don't forget to follow us at Bitchy Malfa. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, yeah. yo. 